Welcome to Unthinkable, I'm Jay Kunzo, and it's time for another Slingshot. Short stories of creative side projects that led somewhere unexpected. What actually happens when people follow their intuition and turn it into action? That's what we're exploring today. We were very, very focused on growth at the time uh, because we did only have six months left worth of money and we weren't making anything. We figured we weren't going to get a dime from, from anybody ever again. But in order to grow at all, uh, I knew we had to do something kind of weird. This is Mikel Cho, the co-founder and CEO of a tech startup called Crew. They're basically an online marketplace to help you find designers and developers for your website or your app. Crew is the maker of a popular project called Unsplash. It's a library of free, high-res stock photos with no use restrictions. Today, Unsplash is used by millions. But when the project began, Crew had barely any cash left to keep their core business running. But as they were revamping their website, Mikkel uncovered an opportunity. I started taking photos for our homepage and we said, oh, okay, this is really a hard process, trying to find good photos. Uh, so we ended up hiring a photographer. We only used one. And I remember writing on Skype to my co-founder. I was like, hey, you know, it'd be great. We have all these extra photos. They're just literally sitting on my desktop right now. Instead of them just sitting here, why don't we give them away? And I know that we're looking for an extreme way to create value to hopefully help people find crew. Uh, why don't we do something? Let's take it a step further. So they gave themselves just one afternoon to launch this side project. They didn't want to waste too much time away from their core business. But Mikkel had made a choice here. Because of those restraints, this wouldn't be a crew-branded project, nor would it be part of their usual blog or usual marketing. So there's like a balance, you know, because we could have thought too much about it. We could have watermarked photos and all those things, but I thought that that would have ruined the entire thing of of what value it was providing. So it kind of towed the line. The entire thing cost him a whopping 19 bucks. Even a startup struggling to stay alive can afford that. Onto the site, he uploaded the remainder of those stock photos that they had purchased for their website build-out. He took a deep breath, and he launched the site, praying it would work. So uh, only put it in one place. I put it up on Hacker News. That was my initial like litmus test. Like we'll see. Nothing. I've never had any success on Hacker News at that point. Just to explain quick, Hacker News is a content aggregator and comment board, almost like a Reddit for startups. So I, I put it up and actually went away from the site, and I just continued working because I was actually so embarrassed by what the first version of Unsplash was. Like I don't want to put this anywhere yet um, until like just see if there's any input, even like two comments coming through. So then I got a text message from the photographer. Who, uh, who we hired to do that shoot. And he's like, hey, where'd you put those photos? Because my portfolio site right now is just blowing up. And I started thinking, like, uh, I only put them in one place. So I went back to Hacker News and it was actually number one by about 20x. And that was great. Unfortunately, the number one comment was actually, how is a stupid little Tumblr blog uh, number one on Hacker News? It was like a really kind of degrading thread, actually. But then Mikkel watched as the numbers behind his core business steadily grew. And he realized 
That was just one conversation happening around Unsplash. There were others who viewed the project much differently. They just weren't showing up in the comments, but they damn sure showed up on Unsplash itself. There's 20,000 downloads in the first day. Plenty of people loved the project and a small number became actual paying customers. In fact, Crew as a business received three times the paying customers that day that they'd seen in any day prior. So every 10 days for a full year, Mikkel would take an hour and upload 10 new photos to keep the site going. Uh, when we're talking to people, even today, a lot of people know Unsplash and they might not know Crew, but since they know that we're the makers of it, and we're able to start a conversation. The question that was most on his mind was, is this deeper than a single project? How could we scale this? You know, could we do another one of these consistently? We should always be working on one of these. They seem to be really efficient. Side projects have driven about half of Crew's business. Half. It helped them grow 30% month over month early on, on the heels of Unsplash, which then helped them close a round of venture capital, which then helped them hire and build and acquire more customers, which then helped them hire more talent, which then helped them build better product to acquire more customers, and then build more side projects, and so on. And as for Unsplash, they kept growing. Yeah, it was growing at this crazy pace, even though it was still so simple and dumb. And I was like, okay, well, what if we just did a little bit more? The site went from that initial 20,000 downloads to now 4 million downloads per month. In fact, if you were to get a photo featured on Unsplash today, it will be viewed more than if you appeared on the cover of Time magazine. It's like way, way, way bigger. And we're just trying to do what we can with it to almost seize its own opportunity at this point. Mikhail says that because nobody actually thought it would work, he unintentionally put constraints on it. They gave almost no budget to it. They did not put their brand on it. They gave it almost no time at all to build, and they only really promoted it in one or two places. But these constraints ended up being really, really important. Because it simplified everything. It simplified the site, uh, reduced the expectations, which actually is the formula now for all of our projects that we do. And I think those constraints have, have actually gone on to be strengths. Now I look for, almost look for, people saying that that's stupid. It forces you not to build too much. And you know, in our world today, every, every service is trying to become the next big, massive platform that does everything for everyone. And there's too much of that. So our brains are literally changing. And we went from, uh, I believe it was 12 second attention spans to eight second attention spans just in the last 10 years. So our brains have literally changed. That's less than a goldfish. Goldfish is nine seconds. So you have this very small micro window to get people's attention. And when you overbuild stuff, it's hard to get people's attention because you're trying to explain five different things. And I always look at it as a nice constraint and challenge to pretend almost like you had no design and development team that you could lean on and try to see if you can make a project. And ultimately, it's the opportunities that you choose that make you successful. So it's almost like constraints, even when you have an open playing field, are your strengths. When we think about creativity, especially side projects, we think the goal is to experience total, open-ended creative freedom. But maybe that's the wrong way to think about it. So keep your big, wide-open creative field and give me the box any day. Because real creativity, real innovation, requires some constraints. To a craft-driven creator like yourself, constraints are your strengths. 
And that is unthinkable. <laughs>